Back about a, a year ago, I knew my little Boston Terrier, Max, something went right. He kept peeing a lot on the floor, and I thought, first I thought it was because he was just lazy, didn't want to go out. Then I noticed something wasn't right, and one morning, let him come downstairs, and I was sitting there with Max, and I started crying. She said, what's the matter? I said, he's not going to live. So I took him to the vet that day, and he looked at the vet, looked at me, and said, uh, he has kidney failure. He said, I can keep him alive two or three more days. He went, I said, no. So let's, uh, let's do what we got to do. And I remember holding him as if they gave him that injection. I never should have seen with Linda. He turned around. And I stared in his eyes. And he's like, he said, I love you and I understand. When I left there, I couldn't talk. And I bawled all day. Still get to thinking about it. A few months later, little Chihuahua Linda has. She rode out to California with us. She'd ride on motorcycle, everything. And she just, uh, old age, I called in one day. I said, you better come home. And we stood there with her till, and petted her till she breathed her lights. People have asked me over the years, uh, you think animals go to heaven? I have given a lot of thought and study about it. And it's interesting, I'm not the only one who has done a study on that. I, as I've searched and researched theologically, I found out that one of my mentors, Dr. C.S. Lewis, he's the main reason because of his writings and who he was and what he believed in his theology is the very reason I made application to go to Oxford was because of him. And sure enough, he had a comment that surprised a lot of people. And it's, it's, uh, the amazing thing is, he had on the very same thing that I had. First off, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 tells us, Now abideth faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now love is a very powerful thing. I did a wedding last night with his niece. It was very special wedding because of a lot of special circumstances. Uh, her niece was born with spinal bifida, and this young man, she married this just super, super guy. And one of the things I told them, and I told Linda, I said, did this sound stupid when I said it? Because I'd like to spend time talking about it. I said, tonight, when you two lay your head on the pillow as husband and wife, I want you to take a lot of time just to stare 
in each other's eyes because the eyes are the window of the soul and you will have a connection at that moment unlike anything you can imagine that will last for years. There is a difference between a newt, as C.S. Lewis called, which we would say is like a snail, and a domesticated animal, such as a dog, a cat, a kangaroo, I don't know what you're taking your house. But there is a difference. The one such as the newt, the snail, the fly, these move and have their being just by pure sensation. In fact, as C.S. Lewis said, if the newt or the fly or the dog, or, or not the dog, but the newt or the fly or the parasite were to die, if it could be brought to another life, it would not have what's called self-awareness. That's a distinction between animals that just are sens sens sensual, sens uh, sensory uh, reaction to those that just like Max, when I looked in his eyes, I want to share something C.S. Lewis says. It sounds very theological, but I want to take a moment to go over here. If nevertheless, the strong conviction which we have of a real, though doubtless rudimentary selfhood in the higher animals, and especially in those we tame, is not an illusion. Their destiny demands a somewhat deeper consideration. Man was appointed by God to have dominion over the beasts. And everything a man does to an animal is either a lawful exercise or a sacrilegious abuse of an authority by divine right. The tame animal is therefore in the deepest sense the only natural animal, the only one we see occupying the place it was made to occupy. And it is on the tame animal that we must base all our doctrine of the beast. Now it will be seen that in so far as the tame animal has a real self or personality, it owes this almost entirely to its master. Now, that uh, makes a distinction. There are certain animals that have an understanding of self. They have a personality. And there are certain animals, as C.S. Lewis is talking about the sovereignty of God, that are placed in your life that you will have that connection with and that the master who has his self to a certain extent transposes that self-reality to that domesticated animal that was put in his life for a specific purpose. It's like apples. Apple was a service dog, a genuine, bona fide service dog, a service to her master. God's Word tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 16, God is love. What, in my opinion, and Lewis don't go into this, what actu actuates the possibility of eternity for our loved animals is the fact of the power of love itself. If God himself is love, and God puts tremendous emphasis on love, to even love our enemies, to, to love God, to love the church, to love so much that we would sacrifice ourselves, and we see that same type of 
personality in our animals that they love us. In some cases, like with apples, love so much they would die in our place given the opportunity. That's a Christ-like love. When we see, such as in Genesis chapter 8, verse 11, during the flood, Noah was on the boat and he had all these animals that God kept. All these animals he brought. By the way, if you ever get a chance to go to the ark, it's worth going, isn't it? All these animals that God had him to preserve, to take care of, to provide for. And one day, God told Noah, said, uh, I want you to take a dove. And I want you to release that dove. And the dove returned, had an olive branch in his mouth, which said that there was dry land. When I read that, though, there's something that sticks out that maybe nobody else catches. And this, you can see this in the original language. It said, when the dove returned, she had an olive branch in her mouth. That gave that dove personality. It didn't say the animal. It didn't say the beast. It gave that dove personality, a, a personality to realize that it was being used for God for a supernatural purpose. I can't believe that dove just passed away and just no more of existence. I think it does flying around in heaven, singing the song that only God could give the birds to sing. And that's why the birds give glory to God. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We see in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10, God's word has strong condemnation to anyone who mistreats an animal. I used to know a guy, we, we raised horses. Dad had a full-time trainer that used to work for Larry Carrier for his horse. If Dad hired him just to take care of his Tennessee walking horses, and I had all these quarter horses. And this fellow used to live up the road from us. He had an Appaloosa that uh, Dad eyeballed. He wanted a beautiful Appaloosa. Good, good breeding there. I went up there one day, and this guy, he was of the old cruel school on how to take care of horses. He took a piece of leather. He liked to beat that horse to death. I never wanted to get a hold of somebody so bad in my life. I thought, you foolish, stupid old man. Look in the eyes of that horse. Look in the eyes. The eyes of the windows of the soul. It's amazing when we realize Jonah Jonah in the fourth chapter remember he was in the belly of the whale he could have been digested but even to the animals we don't taste good but Jonah wanted Nineveh to be destroyed he said God bring down your wrath on Nineveh but when you look in Jonah, the fourth chapter, God said, there's many people in that town. You want me to destroy all the people? And then he says this, and many animals beside. God said that. You want me to destroy these thousands of people and the cattle, the bovine, the animals for nothing? Somebody asked me the other day uh, about hunting about how many deer have you killed and all that and 
I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been somebody here. I said, look, <clears throat> when I deer hunt, if what I harvest is an older deer, you'd be surprised how many I have let walk by. And whenever I have got, I have knelt down beside and I have said a prayer. And I say, thank you, God, for providing for me and my family. There's a difference. Animals have a special purpose. But those domesticated animals that we love and transmit that love, remember, love is a powerful force. And that love that is received reciprocally, it animates and it puts, as C.S. Lewis said, it gives them self-awareness. That animal has self-awareness as to why they're here, what they do. I guarantee everybody here has a story of a dog who's probably, that you've either had or, or have known that's done something miraculous to say. How many times do you hear about somebody passing away and that dog going to get somebody? I, I, I know several people here have told me certain various stories. If you ever get a chance to watch the true story by Disney called Grave Friars Bobby, True story. Dan in, in uh, Tokyo, uh, the dog who followed his master to the train station every day, and after he died, that dog continued to go to the same spot how many times? For years, wasn't it? It stayed there and died there then. Yeah. Hachi. Huh? Hachi. Hachi, that's right. That's self-awareness, self-purpose. We had a the last horse we had, Lady. She was old. And I loved to just watch her. Tennessee walking horse. Loved to just watch her. She got down one day. I called the vet. And there's another vet that used to be, a, a, well, I'll just say it's up here at Mountain Empire. <clears throat> and he was a jerk. I came to her throwing him off my property one time. Just a smart animal. I could tell he didn't appreciate the self-awareness of an animal. It was just a three-dimensional object. Fortunately, a woman vet came out there. The lady was laying in the stall. And she said, she's very sick. I said, let me ask you something. I said, tell me straight. If she was your horse, what would you do? And I could tell this woman had compassion. She looked at him and said, she said, she's suffering. I put her down. I said, well, she's not my horse. She's actually my wife's. And she's up there in the house. But I don't want her to make that decision. Let's do what we got to do. Sit there. Oh, my knees are red till the life was gone in those big, beautiful eyes. See, I think she's running now. I told Max and Kiwi, I'll see you later. I think for Max, he was in heaven. There's all kinds of fire hydrants. <clears throat> Cats just for the cheese. Judy was full of love.
We see in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 21, when Jesus comes back, he's going to be riding a white stallion. And not only he will be riding a white stallion, but all of us who will be coming back with Jesus will also be on horses. Did you catch that? So we know there's horses in heaven. Amen? C.S. Lewis also said one time, he said, our finite brains have no concept of what creatures may actually be in heaven. He's, he, and if you ever read the Chronicles of Narnia and such by Lewis, he said, if, if there are descriptions of angels with four wings and, and numerous uh, eyes and such, how are we not to say that there might be a centaur there? How do we know that there won't be some other creature? Remember what God's word tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Some people think heaven is going to be floating on a cloud and uh, playing a harp. I know some people who are very angelic. They're always up in the clouds harping about something. So our understanding of what God has, can't even we can't even begin to grasp it. It's incredible. We see in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 and 27. Jesus said, consider the birds of the air. God takes care of them. When you walk outside on a beautiful morning, to me the most beautiful aspect about hunting, and I'm serious, if some, if some hunters knew how many deer I let walk, it, they'd be amazed. In fact, I even haven't had a desire to even go at all this year. But I love to go into the woods before daylight and watch that sunrise. That's the best part of it, the best part. Watch that sunrise. And all of a sudden, the squirrels, they'll start ratting you out. They'll start, their, their tails going like that, and what they're saying is, he's over there. <laughs> One day I was in my blind, and I heard something coming through the leaves, and I got ready. I, a bow hunt, I don't do it with gun. And I got my bow ready. I, I heard it coming, and I finally saw it. It wasn't a deer. It was a skunk. And I was in my blind, and he was coming straight. Oh, Lord. In fact, I did. I said, Lord, please don't let that skunk come up under because it's just ground. I come right up under. I said, Lord, please don't let that skunk come up here. And praise God, the Lord heard my prayers, and it went off another way. But that will help your prayer life, brother. I'm telling you, that will help your prayer life. But God takes care of and feeds them. And when you're outside in the morning and you hear those birds start singing, realize what they're singing is they're giving praise to God. Isaiah 55 even tells us even the trees who raise their limbs are literally lifting their arms to praise God. God's Word says that. If the trees give glory to God, if everything that has breath gives glory to God, don't tell me my dogs aren't in heaven. Don't tell me our horse ain't in heaven. 
my grandpa, when I was 10 years old, gave me a puppy. He was half German Shepherd and half Collie. His name was Duke. We had Duke till Matt was a toddler. Somebody, and I think I know who it is, who, uh, who did it, shot Duke. We had to have one of his rear legs removed. Duke would take care of, I had three younger sisters, would take care of we kids and guard that house. I mean, just like, I, I guarantee some security service could not have guarded we in the house like Duke did. He was gone one time for over three months. We thought he was dead. Don't know where he went, what happened. Somebody probably had him up. Excuse me. He come walking back in one day. I've had two dogs that when it got time for them to die, they were found heading back to where they were as pups. It's amazing. They had awareness of self. You ever notice how old people... When they get ready to up in years, it seems like most of them want to go back home, don't they? And dogs will do that too. It's awareness of self. You think you'll see Apple again? <laughs> I look good. Now some may think this message this morning is foolish. You think what you want to think. Because like I told Max when our eyes met, I said, it's all right. I said, I'll see you When Linda and I were down on the floor talking to Cutie, we both said, we'll see you later. There are family members that I want to see as soon as I go through the gates. I want to see Jesus first. And then family members I want to see. They several dogs better run to me. And we're going to fall on heaven's floor and wallow each other for a few thousand years. Amen. Let's stand, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your presence. You're an amazing God. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither are your ways our ways, saith the Lord. But as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are your thoughts and ours and your ways and ours. And you said you have gone to prepare a place for us. That where you are we may be also. And heaven is wherever you are Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever it takes to make heaven heaven. You will do that. And Father we thank you. That you have given us indication. That the greatest thing of all is the love of God that have served us, that has comforted us, that have blessed us. If it be your glorious will, 
let us be reunited with them one day. The Lord and the Savior of their life, because that's the only way we'll ever see our loved ones again. And to pray this prayer I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord and my God and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. Thank you for saving me. Father God is now in all things for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, my genius playing his invitation. Please come to the front of the church. one of the most humorous aspects of animals in the Bible is found in Genesis 22. I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 22. And also a repeat of it in 2 Peter chapter 2, 16. It talks about Balaam. And Balaam uh, was going to go put a curse on some people. God told him not to. He got on his donkey and went anyway. Well, God put an angel in the roadway, the donkey saw the angel. And the donkey went to the left and to the right. And Balaam started beating the donkey. I want you to go straight ahead. And the donkey turned to him and said, there is an angel of the Lord in the way. In other words, you're going to go, you go on, but I'm not going. The donkey had more sense than him. And if you read, and I challenge you to do this so you don't say I think I'm getting crude. In 2 Peter chapter 2, 16, the King James Version says, and the dumbass spoke. And he was talking about the donkey. But you tell me who the dumbass was. <laughs> Father, thank you for this day, for all the blessings that you give us. Keep us from going out and coming in and bring us back safely to point in time. With these things we ask and pray.